God bless you all this day. We will now have the line of the candles.
you please rise and we have our affirmation. Oh, I'm sorry. Will you please we have the announcement public? Uh, will you please turn to me to the back of the bulletin? And now we will have one announcement. For Sydney on Thursday, November the 9th, will be Bible study at 11 o'clock a.m. And then on Sunday, November the 19th, a baptism of Wayland Grambling, son of Stephanie, and Warren Grambling. And there will also be a TCBY meeting from 5 to 7 p.m. For the Beaverdale Tron, on Monday, November the 6th, will be Bible study at 7 o'clock p.m. And then for Dunno, Tuesday, November the 7th, Bible study at 1 p.m. For the charge, Everybody's here today, so they remember to set their clocks back. So they have an extra hour of sleep. We will have an after worship service and communion service. There will be a, uh, a meeting of the church conference on the church service. GMC circuit meeting at 3 o'clock p.m. at the Oakland Church. And then on Sunday, November the 19th, Forest Hills Ministerium will have their Thanksgiving service at Dunmo at 3 o'clock p.m. And the guest speaker will be Reverend Randy Bennett. Are there any more other announcements? Yes, David. Yeah, someone was speaking with me, and they were under the assumption that the Thanksgiving service was only for ministerium only. And I'm explaining to them, no, it's for everyone to attend. They thought it was just for pastors only. What are so, you talking about? We need to get for the Thanksgiving service. Oh, that's for everybody. Right, and a lot of people aren't understanding that. It needs to be put out into the community, too, for all denominations in the Fort Fields area. Everyone's invited to attend. Are there any other announcements? Uh, just to give you a head, heads up about what's going to take place when uh, Reverend uh, Jeremy Barkley gets here, he's preaching at 10 o'clock somewhere. So uh, he said he would be here by the time the meeting starts. Uh, the first thing he's going to do is ask for a volunteer to be secretary. That's the first thing. Somebody to take notes for the for the uh, uh, overall meeting of all, all three churches. Will you please rise now as we have our affirmation of faith in the Psalm 34, <coughs> verses 1 to 10 and 22. And we can do one more and 69 and 77. I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul Those who 
redeems the life of the servants. None of those who take refuge in God will be condemned. You may be saved. You will not have the Let us pray. <coughs> God of our fathers, we raise our voices to you today, bringing you all the honor and glory and praise that you so rightly deserve. We ask for your guidance in our lives, even though we constantly stray from your path that you set before us. We ask for your protection in a world filled with violence. Provide for our safety and the safety of our families and friends. Finally, Lord of all, we ask for the strength and courage we will need to follow your will. May we put our wills aside so we will solely be your servant, working for your purposes and not ours. Our faith is in you, our Father, your Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that our prayers will be answered, not as we would like, but as you see best for us. In your name that is held above all other names, we pray. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our hearts, minds, and souls. We offer prayers for the, we ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the members of law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith. We pray for firefighters, first responders, EMTs, ambulance drivers, bus drivers, and teachers, and, and, and staff of the schools. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way, for them to see the light on their wayward ways so they may be saved before it's too late. We pray for uh, Pat's son, Frank, who is dealing with uh, health issues. We pray that uh, you be alongside of him and uh, help him get through this uh, ordeal that he's uh, in and facing. And we pray for people who are dealing with uh, family troubles. It's not easy nowadays having uh, uh, families. Even uh, the parents are all, always have families. Their sons and daughters are always around and their grandchildren. So we pray for those people who are dealing with uh, family troubles. We pray for the conflict in the Middle East. We ask for protection for the civilian population on both sides. That the conflict just remains between Israel and Hamas and others are not drawn into the conflict. And we pray for the side of good in this fight against evil. We pray for our country, America. We seem to be pulled into many dangerous situations, leaving ourselves vulnerable to aggression from our enemies. We pray that we are properly protected and our enemies think twice about challenging the greatest nation this world has ever known, America. 
Now, if there was a name or, uh, that came to the people's hearts, minds, and spirits while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We will now have a celebration of the community of saints. We light these candles. You don't have to stand up. You can sit down. You like uh, All Saints Day is, is always, what month are we in? October, the, November the 1st. November the 1st. That's when the uh, Catholics celebrate, November the 1st. Uh, the Protestants celebrate it on the Sunday closest to November the 1st, as long as it's in the month of, of November. So that's why we're cele celebrating, celebrating it today. And we, we, we'll be reading the names of those people. We only have three who have passed away since last November the 1st. We honor them, and then we honor the family members who have gone before, before us. So I light, I light these candles in memory of, uh, let's see, let me start back here, of Donna Cummings. And let's see, I light it for John Quinn. There we go. And I light one for Karen Jones. They're the ones who have passed away within the last, the last year. Now we offer, we offer one for uh, uh, Frank and Bob and Rob Harrison. Wait a minute. There we go. I have to make sure I don't get my robe on fire. We, uh, Pearl and Art Gonzalez. And Ken Gonzalez. Now we light these other ones in honor of those people who have come before us and gave us these lovely churches that we're in. Some Christian churches don't do this because they feel it's too Catholic. The Methodist church has been doing this for decades. 
The United Methodist Church has been doing this for decades, and I'm sure that the Methodist Church will continue with this celebration of those people who have come before us. Okay, they're all it. So let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Grant us grace so as to follow your holy saints in a virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which you have prepared for those who sincerely love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
God in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to gather this first Sunday in the month of November. We thank you for all this, dear Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to sing your hymns and to hear your psalms and to hear your word. We thank you for this, dear Lord, and we ask that you accept these tithes and these gifts and these offerings that come from the members of this, of this congregation. Uh, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen. Please be seated. Ah. Okay, there we go. Gee, it's so nice to hear all the voices singing. Wow, that, that, that's a joy. Uh, the, the reading for today, that's in the hymnal. What's well, not in the hymnal? is when we're in the book of Matthew is always this reading. It's from the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. They're known as the Beatitudes. And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now this will be a delight. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be Oh, we're finally getting into it. Uh, that was uh, after Jesus was was uh, after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He went into the wilderness, and forty days he was uh, tested, tempted, not tested, tempted by the devil. And uh, after that, uh, that experience was over with, he goes up to a mountaintop and the people follow him. And the very first thing he says is the Beatitudes. The very first message he gives in his ministry, three-year-long ministry, is the Beatitudes. Now, there has to be a reason why God gave the Beatitudes to his only son to give to us. And they're recorded in the, in the Bible. So they're very, very, the Beatitudes are very important. 
I never miss the time to speak about the uh, about the Beatitudes. So this is this this message is being more like Jesus, because it, it tells us that if we follow the Beatitude, we will become more like Jesus. The meaning of the word Beatitude means happiness that can't be affected by our own outward circumstances or situations. These principles guide us in reaching for that person God created us to be. Many great speeches throughout history were brought about by the occasion for which they were given, such as John F. Kennedy's inaugural speech, Ask not what, you can, what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That's still played to this day. Uh, the wartime speeches of Winston Churchill, speeches of FDR, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. We had to memorize that in school. The Sermon on the Mount had no such outward occasion that gave it its significance. The occasion added nothing to the speech. It was the speech that made the occasion. Simplicity, hopefulness, and compassion are the three principles for living in the spirit that the Beatitudes are based on. We're going to talk about three of them. Simplicity means to hear the words clearly as if for the first time and to know that the words are directed to yuns. Let me repeat that one again. To hear the words clearly as if for the first time and to know that the words are directed to us. I've never had a, a, a complaint about me mumbling. I think my words come out very, very clearly. I think. Hopefulness. Approach the world with a spirit of hope even when the outward signs indicate otherwise. We're in that now. We're in that now. We have to have hope that things are going to turn out in our favor with the situations we find ourselves in in America and the situations we have in America. And I've been having people on TV finally saying what I was saying a long time ago. It's being done on purpose. It's being done on purpose. Simplicity, hopefulness. The final principle, compassion, shows us that we are all one, created by the same creator. Although none of us look alike. There's family resemblance when you go along. But none of us look. You ever find anybody that, that, that looks like Travis here? No? Thank God. Thank God. Or, or anybody. Kathy. You ever see somebody else looks like Kathy? No, we're all different. All the seven, I think it's close to eight billion people now on this planet. And you can't find another person that looks exactly like you. What creativity that must be. And it's all done by our Father, God. All the other Beatitudes depend on the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now think of climbing a ladder and how important that first step is. 
That's what this beatitude is to the other nine that follow it. Those who consider themselves big and of great value will be small and of little value. While those who consider themselves small and of little value will be big and have great value. We all have, we've all met people who think they're more than what they really are. We've met, we've met the people who, who are, who consider, who demonstrate to other people their righteousness in church. We've all, we've all known people like that in our, in our experience in, in churches. Now the next beatitude chosen deals with something we all need and must do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness for they will be filled. We will gain the praise of our Lord, not by our accomplishments, but by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I'm sorry about the, uh, the, the light. Yeah, yeah. Change your seat. It'll go away in a couple, couple minutes. It's not what we do in life but how much we want to be more like Jesus. That's what we're going to be saved on, saved for. Oh, they're over, that's the lights over here too. Yeah, I'm over here. Or change, change the seat there, yeah. We're not used to this because we usually don't have service here until 11 o'clock and it's actually 10 o'clock and the, the sun doesn't know that. So, you know, it never shined through the window before. It's not what we do in life, but how much we want to be more like Jesus. Longing is needed to achieve fulfillment. To have satisfaction in anything, it must begin with hunger. I'm not talking about a lack of food or anything like that. Although that's a good motivation to get up and do something. To be, to be hungry. We are given a heart that will hunger until it's satisfied. I, I was a, had a hunger in me to be in a, a drum and bugle corps back when I was living at home. And I, I don't know how I got connected with this young corps that only marched and praised. And I was the, the horn instructor and, and the writer of the music, the arranger. Okay. And then it was time for me to leave to go to college, to Baltimore Conserv Peabody Conservatory of Music, one of the top three schools in the country. And it was, it was not for music education. They didn't have music education. It was only for performance. So my mother's giving me a back rub or massaging my shoulders, and she said, why don't you think about joining the Corps in Baltimore? It's a senior drum and bugle corps. And it's like, I never thought of that. Well, well, I'll write him a letter. So I wrote him a letter. And uh, uh, they said, come down in September. Uh, so we, we, me and two friends went to Bridgeport, Connecticut on Labor Day weekend to watch the DCA World Championship. The preliminaries in the morning, the final contest at night. And they went in reverse order. The one that came in 10th was first. The one who came in first was 10th. Uh, and uh, so we were going to sleep in a stairwell. 
and get the bus in the morning to go take us back to Baltimore. So I said, let me go over and introduce myself to the director because I'm going to join this corps. And so I go over and introduce him. He, he knew about my letter. And he said, yeah, get on any one of those two buses that you want to get on. So I get on the bus. And before we get 10 feet, people were jumping up saying, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I said, oh, George Bull said that there was, this, oh, there's no seats available on this bus. So we got up and went to the other bus. Same thing. So two or three weeks later, I show up at the first rehearsal for the new season, for the 68 season. This, this was in 67. And they said, the, the guys who were in the court said, you look familiar. Were you the one we threw off the bus up in Bridgeport? I said, yeah. Did you ever think why we threw you off? I said, no. I just you know. He said, because you had two black people with you. They were an all-white corps, an all-white corps. If a black person came into the Legion, they had, by law, Legion law, serve them a drink and then ask them to leave. We had the Marines, Drum and Bugle Corps, the, the, the Commandant's own. The horn instructor and arranger was our horn instructor and arranger. And he had Marines come along with him. If one of the black Marines came and auditioned, they would say, I'm sorry, we have no room for you. But we had other Marines, Marines there. Spiro Agnew picked us out to march in the Nixon Agnew inauguration in 1669, I think, January 1669, because the high school that Agnew graduated from was all black. So he, he picked the Yankee Rebels, which was all right, all white. And we go to Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, okay, in 1969, carrying rebel flags in a big stadium where uh, the University of Georgia plays or, or schools like that. But we had no, we had no problems. There, were, there was never any problem there. And I never thought anything about it until years later. It was like you were playing with a segregated group. They wouldn't allow uh, uh, black people uh, in, into Other drum corps did. Everybody else did, but not the Yankee rebels. No, they were always white, and they remained white until their, their, last, their, their last day. And that was a, let me just add a footnote. Then I, I moved to Connecticut to go to school and ended up in the New York Skyliners, and they, we always won. From the first day I, I, I marched with them until the last day I marched with them, we won every show. The Yankee Rebels never came anywhere close to us. Never. Never, 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 never. Nobody came close to us. The worst thing you could do was to tell the New York Skyliners that you were good, because it all went to their heads. And they were that way. They walked around that way, and they knew we'd go out and march. No matter what we would do, we would win. And we did. OK, so how did I get off on that? Uh, erase all of that, would you, Frank? The worldly thing, oh, I had this hunger for drum corps to get into a senior drum corps, not a junior. Junior drum corps didn't have the volume that I was looking for. I was looking for volume. And volume was created by the New York Skyliners. They played 10 times louder than anybody else. They blew the bells straight. They blew so hard. 
And I think that's why I play the trumpet the way I do it. I play the trumpet forcefully, because that's how you have to play a bugle on a drum and bugle corps. There's none of this soft stuff, you know. Oh, it's loud, louder, and loudest. You blow everybody away. And that's what we did. I had that hunger. And it was, it was satisfied because we won the world championship. There's a picture of the corps out there on the wall. And I even have, I think, me circled. It's hard to remember years, years, years afterwards. 50, 50, 51, 52 years. That's why it was a hunger. I had that hunger. And I transferred it into a trumpet playing, which was, I, sh I shouldn't, have, shouldn't have done that. There's only one thing that will completely satisfy our hunger and thirst, and that is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. Still there. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. The last beatitude chosen is something we can't do on our own. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We can't bring about by ourselves a pure heart. It can only be done with the help of God. Listen to it with all these people in here. Isn't that nice? You get that in the classroom? No. And there's probably less in the classroom than what we have here. On the bus? No, you don't get that on the bus. Oh, my goodness. Well, you wear earplugs? Well, well, you deserve more than a pat on the, on the, on the back for driving these, these, kids, these kids around. I always got the same in groups of two, three, maybe four. Never had any discipline problems. Never. There was never, never any, any discipline problems. Because they wanted to come to that. It wasn't that they, this was an assigned class you had to go to, like all the other courses. They got taken out of class and would come to me. By the, it was their permission. They wanted to do this. Now, it didn't, it didn't transfer into practicing. Yeah. When was the last time you practiced? Oh, the last time I was here. A week ago. Oh, you're supposed to practice this stuff during the week. But they, they cared enough to sign up for it, the parents to pay for it, and to come and to get out of class. But I, I saw them in groups of two, two, three, and four. Purity of the heart is to will one thing only that is reflected in our body, mind, soul, and spirit. One thing only. We should have purity of heart in all our thoughts, words, and actions. Bless you. We see and hear what we are conditioned to see and hear. Have you ever thought about this? Things in your environment. Family and friends. Entertainment. Music. TV, radio, computer games. I'm meeting people at uh, Planet Fitness in their 40s who are playing computer games. Now, do we have anybody here playing uh, computer games? Playing computer games? Sometimes on, on their phones. 
We'll get, we'll, we'll get, the, the workout is over, and a group of friends come in, four or five of them. And they all sit down, and what do they do? Work their phone. They're not talking to each other. I'm just sitting there watching them, staring at them, sort of smiling, and it's like, if you only knew what you were getting, getting into. How that affect us. The things that are on TV, whatever programs you watch, they affect us. They affect us. And we have to be careful about what we let go in our ears and in our eyes. We can't drive anymore on the roads without advertisements all over the place. You can't go to any corner and not see some uh, politician sign, vote for me. You come here once, once a week, once a week, 15 to 20 minutes, and you hear the word of God. You don't have to hear the word of God because the pastor has a choice. There are pastors who do not preach the word of God. There are pastors in the United Methodist Church who do not believe in God. Now, how they got to be a pastor is beyond me, but they do not believe in God. They even have atheists in there. I was never in that situation. I was always getting in and out of Catholic schools where the kids, the kids were brainwashed, what comes down to them. Oh, 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 I better get off of that. We're on the internet. But it, it, was, it was worrisome to see how they were being, being brainwashed. More care is needed as to what we let into our ears and eyes. Jesus, when he speaks about the Beatitudes, makes it very clear that the happiness he mentions has nothing to do with our outward circumstances. It's within. It's within. It's all from within. It's just a matter of attitude. And we all know that can be changed. You have complete control over this simply by changing your attitude. It's that simple. <laughs> But making the decision to do it is hard. But you can change it. You can change it. And all I have to do is change your attitude. And you know that can be done because you've changed your attitudes throughout your lives of, from this to that. I was becoming somebody I didn't want to become when I was teaching, teaching music. I had a change of attitude. And here I be today. Dressed up in my new robe, you see, you see the new, uh, the new uh, logo on here? Yeah. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? The, uh, uh, when uh, Jeremy Barkley, Reverend Jer Jeremy Barkley came over on Thursday, he had a sweatshirt on that had this on there. And it said the uh, 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 Oakland Church. And he said, this is what they gave me on Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Was that to him and Randy? I said, oh, gee, that's nice. Yeah, well, it looks good. Uh, and uh, our attitudes, we can change our attitude. You can change your attitude on anything. Was that our bell that went off? I, no, it's not. It's, it's 11 minutes of 11. <gasps> 11 of 11. I wonder if that means something. God's sending us a signal. 
The problem we have with the Beatitudes is that we see them completely out of touch with life as we know it. We're given directions in the Bible about how God, who created us, God, wants us to live our lives. Wants us to live our lives. I wish I, I was born back in the, in the day where religion was your, was your daily life. You followed it. Now it's a, uh, uh, well, I don't know what you call it now. But it's not, it's not you don't see it out. In, in the older days, you'd go out and see it in the street with dealing with people and, and, and businesses and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the Christian attitude. And that has dissipated. Now we don't see that when we go out and uh, uh, into the community. Unless you have a collar on. Then they think you're a Catholic priest. Good afternoon, Father. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just fine. Bless you, my son. Or bless you, my daughter. I used to say I'm a Methodist minister, not a Catholic priest. But now I don't do that anymore. I bless them. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, my daughter, my son. I don't know if it means anything to them, but I, I do it. These, the Beatitudes, are biblical principles that were given to us, God's children, by God's Son. Now, there has to be a reason for that. His first, his first sermon, his first message was this. The Beatitudes. The first time he spoke in public. And it was the Beatitudes that God gave his son. There has to be a reason behind that. Why it's the first, why was it Jesus who had given these words? Why couldn't it have been one of the prophets that came before? No, it was Jesus, it was his son. All we are being asked to do is to live by these principles. That's all. And remember this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Those who trust in the righteousness they see in themselves do not think themselves to be poor of spirit. They think they're just fine with righteousness. There's a change of attitude that's needed. We will be judged by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness and not our achievements. Not the trophies that we have at home. Not any of our achievements. Just on our hungering and thirsting for righteousness. The pure in heart are that way. Because they are sensitive to the reality of God. And all three communities, especially Dunlow, where nothing happens in Dunlow, except on trash day, when the trash trucks come in. The community comes out with their American flags, and they wave them, and they cheer, and they clap as they, as they go by. But then when they go, it's like now. Except for those kids. Silence. 
It's silence. Thank God for the silence. Because I've never had any disruption by living in that, from the neighbors, by living in that parsonage, which I did at the last parsonage. And those people would, would come in, they came from Georgia, millionaire came from Georgia, was there for a week, but they would dis disrupt the entire neighborhood with the parties and everything that they would have. And I'm thinking, how can somebody come into a neighborhood like what we have here and disrupt it? But I don't have that here. So leave here today with a better understanding of the person you were created to be, and in doing so, you will become more like Jesus. There's nothing wrong. There's no dangers. There's no uh, uh, warnings given about, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a warning given on the, the vision of Jesus. Uh, beware that uh, this may happen to you if you follow this man. And there's no warnings. There's no nothing about following Jesus. It, uh, the decision could be difficult to make. I, I don't know. I don't don't know why. Although it took me 38 years. No, no, didn't take 38. It took two weeks uh, uh, for for it to come back to uh, uh, to me. And uh, I owe, owe a lot to that uh, seven, 18 year old boy that I taught drums when he was in eighth grade who passed away, because that's when I heard it, while I was playing Ave Maria, come back. Two weeks later, I was back in the church, and two years later, I was in the ministry program. And two, that's got to have some meaning, too. Do, 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 do. Uh, there's a meaning behind everything, but our, our lives move so fast that we don't, take time, we don't have the time to look into them and, and undercover. What does this mean? What does this mean to us? Is there something going on in the environment with the storms that, that are taking place and uh, this and that, the, that that's happening? Is that a symbol? Is that a, 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 a signal being sent to the earth from God? There are people who talk about it, but then they're shunned, those people who bring that up. Pat, Pat Roberts, Robertson, his TV station, they'll talk about things like that, and they're, they're shunned by, oh, you can't say that this tornado and this earth, earthquake and this, uh, uh, this and that took place is a signal from God. Come on. And they're the ones who get the airtime. And that airtime comes into our ears. And then we start believing what they're saying. I don't, I don't believe what they're saying. They just are confirming some of the things that I've thought with the TV programs that, that uh, I watch. And there's something about moving out here. Ever since I've moved out here, I'm in my third year now, I've had this aversion to watch Law and Order. There must be something about that out here. I've never had that back in Rector. But here it's like Law and Order. I got to have it on the, uh, the one of the channels to choose them, law and order. I don't know why. I also know that my health went downhill coming out here. First, I got COVID. This is the first November, the first Sunday of November that I've been in church. The other two years, I was sick on those Sundays. Then I got vertigo. 
I never had any of these back in Greensburg, back in society. It's just when I move out here in the middle of nowhere, you know I'm just teasing when I say that. Uh, if you didn't react to that phrase, I wouldn't say it, but everybody reacts to that phrase when I say the middle of, of uh, uh, no, no. Uh, you know, and this didn't happen. Now I have something with my liver, and I don't even drink. Now I have to go, go get, what do I have to get? I have to find a liver doctor. And the closest liver doctor is in Monroeville. A, a new diabetic doctor. I have to go all the way to Everett to see a new diabetic doctor because I don't care for the one I'm, I'm seeing, seeing now. Uh-oh, there, there's another symbol, okay. The prayer that I'm gonna pray is my, my favorite prayer. It comes from Isaiah chapter 55. It's so appropriate for when I preach on the words of Jesus, not stories about Jesus, but the words of Jesus, this prayer goes along with it. So let us pray. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is God's word that goes out from his mouth. It will not return to him empty, but will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. Amen. So get your hymnals out. You're going to need your hymnals. People from Sidman aren't used to that. They're used to seeing everything on the screen. Now, in a few minutes or so, Pastor Jeremy may be coming in. And if he comes in, he's going to help. If not, Pat will be, uh, be helping me. I don't ex really expect him until maybe 11.20 or 11, 11.30. We'll be downstairs for our, our meeting then. So we're on page 15. You're on 15. But hear these words first, an invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven. So we're all on page 15. Here we go. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave it thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, 
Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for, for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. All honor and glory is yours, God Almighty, now and forever. Amen. Now, you have to follow the directions of the ushers. They will be bringing groups of people up so we can have communion at the altar. Pat, would you please come up and help me? broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. I think that's Moses. Group one. shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you. The blood of Christ has been shed for you.
Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Take the bread and eat, knowing that you will live forever. And a nice big chunk. In order for there to be life in you, you must drink the juice, which is symbolic of Jesus' blood. Take the juice and drink, putting life within you. You have come to the Lord's table. May you leave feeling nourished for your continuation of your spiritual journey. Go in peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. body of Christ has been broken for you. The body of Christ has been broken for you. And the body of Christ broken for you. And the body of Christ broken for you. And the body of Christ broken for you. You tell mom what she missed. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. And the body of Christ broken for you. Kneeling over here. switch sides again. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. We got a rainbow. The blood of Christ shed for you. That's going to be a kid signal from God. You got a rainbow. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ, the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you.
God's talking to us now. There's a rainbow on Joyce's bus. Rainbow is a sign, signal from God. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever, Jesus says. Life as we know it will come to an end. If you want to have life forever, take the bread and eat, and this will happen. Jesus says that whoever drinks of the wine vine will remain in him. To keep Jesus within you, take the juice and drink. By participating in communion today, you have been changed. Changed for the better. Rise and go in peace, knowing that you are a better person than before you received communion. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The, bo <clears throat> the body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. I'm choking on the body of Christ. The body of Christ has been broken for you. The body of Christ has been broken for you. What we got? Two, four, six, eight. Did you take care of Calvin? of Christ has been shed for you, and the body of Christ shed for you, and the body of Christ shed for you, the body of Christ shed for Grandma. Thank you. 
The bread means acceptance by Christ, just as you are. Take and eat knowing that you are, that, that you are and have been accepted by God. Take and eat. The juice means that your acts of disobedience have been forgiven. Take and drink knowing that your sins have been forgiven. The Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve. And by his name alone you shall swear. Rise and go in peace. And when you return, return with joy. It's nice that we have communion with all three churches combined. Not every Sunday, but it's nice to do it every, every quarter or so. The last time we met like this was the first Sunday in August. And we'll, we'll be meeting uh, together like this sometime on Christmas Eve. I haven't decided yet. Christmas Eve is a Sunday. Uh, I can't do three in the morning and then three at night. That's, that's too much. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, uh, uh, to do it. So uh, anything in the evening time, is going to, we're going to be eliminating the elderly people of the church who don't want to drive at nighttime. So uh, that's, in, that's being in, in consideration as well. So let us now stand as we recite the Apostles' Creed together. You can find it 882 in the hymnal. 882. And the bread we had purposely made bigger. It's not the chunks that I give you, but it's you know, bigger than the, the little sugar cube. We all set? Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again, ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us remain standing as we sing our closing <laughs> because he lives. Number 364 in your hymnal, and we'll pause before the last verse.
those saints that have come before us. And may we all try to live our lives following the Beatitudes. And may we all strive to become more like Jesus in our lives. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us now sing the last verse of Because He Lives. Because He Lives.